in a world searching for answers. God's truth is vital. The Devoted Podcast seeks to answer these questions from God's Word as they share the gospel one listener at a time. Thank you for joining us today. Here are your hosts, Caleb Shaner and Pastor Ben Heffernan. Welcome back to another episode of the Devoted Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Shaner, and we're in the studio with uh, Pastor Ben Heffernan, and uh, we're just excited to be back in God's Word. And as always, uh, we're just excited and glad that you're going to be with us. Um, and so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 24, if you've got your Bible with you. If not, you know, just listen along and let the Lord speak to you uh, today. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 24, and so uh, Pastor as always, what are we going to see in God's Word today? Well, as you start in chapter 24, it's always good to kind of look back at the verse right before it. And he, we kind of reminded of the Lord's broken heart over Jerusalem because of the, the religious leaders and the people, um, rejection of himself. And we just saw the Lord, you know, searing indictment of, of truth. And he says, because of this, their house will be left to them desolate. He says that they shall not see him henceforth till ye say, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. So this really sets the, the framework for understanding this next discourse, Matthew 24 and 25, the, the fifth discourse in this gospel. And uh, it's all about the future things. It's about the coming of the Lord Jesus in the last days. And so... Um, they, the disciples were really, um, they were excited about the temple and the buildings that were there. I mean, Herod had built this up. Not only had he built around the temple and, and expanded the, the entirety of it, but he'd also built up the, the front and the, the pillars. And uh, he had built up, uh, you know, just uh, the buildings around it. So that it was very beautiful and, and glorious to see as they were beholding him. So they were pointing that out to Jesus. And, uh, and Jesus told them, that their focus really shouldn't be on these buildings. And because he gives the prophecy of the destruction, and he says, of that place, and he says, not one stone will be left upon another. Incredible. I mean, we say, okay, that's a big deal. But we're talking about, if you've ever seen these stones of the temple, they're massive. I mean, they're, there's, we know that the foundation, I've been to the Temple Mount, and I've seen the, underneath the foundation that they used to help hold up the Temple Mount and things. And you're talking about stones that were 24 feet long and four feet tall. I mean, we're talking about tons and tons, and it's just a marvel of engineering of even how they were able to move these things and to get them into place. And, you know, Jerusalem's uphill, so you know, it's just, it's really incredible. But how did this happen in, in 70 A.D.? The Romans came in, and even though they had strict orders not to destroy the temple, a fire broke out in the temple area, and uh, and it, it, there was just so much gold that was in the temple that when that place caught on fire in the wood, that that gold just ran and just melted, and it ran down into the cracks, and the soldiers were so intent on getting that gold that they took every single stone 
and pried it away and, and used their you know, mechanisms of war to take them. And they threw all the stones off the Temple Mount. And so some of those st huge stones are still there to this day, you know, down there around the, around the Wailing Wall and things like mm -hmm. that. And just amazing how here, the test of a prophet, Jesus is that Messiah, that, that king, and he, he makes a proclamation and it happens exactly as he said. And so the disciples are really interested. They want to know as they're on the Mount of Olives, which is very fascinating because he's going to return to the Mount of Olives and put his feet down. So the very place in which the second coming is going to take place is the very place where he gives the discourse. And uh, they ask him, tell us when shall these things be? So they want to know when, when the destruction of the Jerusalem is and when will be the sign of thy coming. Now, they didn't understand that those two things have a, have a large gap. In 70 AD, the destruction is going to take place, and yet we're still waiting for the coming of the Lord. And some people look at this whole chapter as being a description of the first question. Um, and I think the better interpretation is to see that it, this whole chapter is a description of the second. The first, the destruction of Jerusalem, you know, is is a picture in some ways, Some in, in some ways like the destruction of Jerusalem by Antiochus Epiphanes and all that went on during that time in Daniel. There was kind of the foreshadowing aspect of what's going to happen. So it's going to be a terrible time uh, in Jerusalem, just like um, the destruction of, of and, and it was very bad. It was it was just horrible. I mean, talk about um, you can read about the history of what took place through Josephus and things and just unspeakable horrors that people went through and holding out and how the Romans treated them and the crosses that were made. And But the things that are told to us in this chapter of the future age go far and beyond <laughs> what took place in 70 AD. And so I think that's a, you're kind of just closing your eyes to the ultimate meaning of these verses if you try to find a fulfillment in that time alone. So I think that's kind of a starting place. And so, uh, the whole chapter, at least the, the, the discourse as a whole, is moving towards the description of his second coming in verses 29 through 31. And then after that, he basically gives parables and, and warnings in regards uh, to how we're supposed to respond. So I think we'll probably end up needing to take a couple um, to get to this whole discourse. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we'll just see how far we can get along. But uh, and so there's kind of a like a mountain peak. The mountain peak is in 29 through 31. You know, that's the coming of the Lord. That's answering the question. And so this first part of it is really kind of building towards this. And so this section can be divided into three parts. His answer in verses 4 through 14 is what we might call the beginning of sorrows. He's mentioned that in verse 8. And so this is kind of the buildup. I think this is what characterizes the time until um, uh, building up to the second coming. And then when we have then verses 15 through 28, there is a speci specific thing that he prophesies that's called the abomination of desolation. And it goes all the way back to Daniel. So Daniel has to help us understand what he's talking about here. And uh, that, I think, is the signal point for the day of the Lord, the, the final climactic judgments of the end times. And then you have the coming of the Lord at the end of that seven-year period that Daniel talks about, that great tribulation period. So um, verses 29 through 31 are, are that coming. So that's kind of where we're going with it. And 
so we can kind of dive in because this is this is what we're living in. Yeah, you know, this is where um, we're at. We're in these birth pangs, and it really is in, incredible to me. And so he starts off with the very first thing that we need to um, be aware of: that deception is going to be rampant in that day. Uh, that it, it's going to be an age of deception. Satan has always been a deceiver. But that is going to increase and grow. The, the New Testament talks about the doctrine of devils and things that are going to take place. And the deception is going to be specifically people who are going to rise up and say that they are the Messiah. You know, there's going to be those that are, that are going to seem like the answer to the solutions. And, and, uh, um, and yet they're, they're going to deceive many through that. Then he talks about there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like we have wars going on right now with Ukraine. We have rumors of wars about, you know, there's going to be a war with Taiwan and China, you know, and just these other aspects and the, the friction between India and China. And the um, yeah, there's all kinds of wars going on in Africa. And just you just you look at it, there's internal conflict and civil civil strife and in South America. And it's just a and we've seen our own days, you know. Talk, the the idea of um, <laughs> you know talking about, I don't, I'm not sure that we've ever been this divided in our own nation. Um, it's it's a it's a really a perilous time. And then he talks about that there will be famines, food shortages, there'll be pestilences like we've seen in terms of viruses and and outbreaks and epidemics. Um, there's going to be earthquakes in diverse places. So, um, there's just it's going to be a, a lot of turmoil when he talks about it, he says all these are the beginning of sorrows that that word literally means the the birth pangs so that that's imagery is really powerful especially seeing my wife give birth on multiple occasions <laughs> the aspect that you begin to see something you're like wait a second i think this is real you know this isn't um these are the um, the real contractions taking place and those just build and build and build them and when the when the ladies when they're going through the birth pains, there's no way out of this. There's no ejection, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's on a one-track pace, and it's going to build and build till it comes to the birth. And that's the idea of this world is heading through tra traumatic time, and yet it's going to be a glorious hope on the other side. And so that aspect of the imagery of the birth pains is very powerful. And I think there's an aspect to which this characterizes the entirety of the age until Jesus comes, but these things are particularly going to be true of the first three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation period that Daniel has talked about. And during this time, there's going to be a persecution, and uh, the people are going to deliver up Christians, um, those that name the name of Christ. And they're, many are going to be offended, which means they're going to fall away. There's going to be people who claim to be Christians and that they're going to stumble over all this. And they're like, no, no, I don't want any part of that. And they're, they're going to turn away from him and they're going to hate one another. And false prophets will rise and deceive people. And there'll be so much sin and wickedness going on that the love of many, the love for God, the love for other people is just going to wax cold. It's going to become and just a thing about a cold world that loses its son. You know, it's just a really sad um aspect of what's going on. He says, but those that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. So when I look over this passage, I think of of the Revelation chapter 6, where um, we have 
the, 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 the breaking of the first seals. And you see all these things taking place. You've got um, nation, the conquering coming through, and you have the, the pestilence, you have famine. You've got these different aspects that are specifically mentioned in Revelation uh, chapter 6. And I think this kind of really correlates well with what's going on in Matthew 24 at the beginning part of this tribulation. And yet the gospel is going to go out just like in Matthew 7 where the, these witnesses are going to go out and preach the gospel to all the nations of the world, and then will the end come. And so that's kind of the buildup to um, the midpoint of the tribulation period, I think, in terms of these passages. So it's kind of, kind of exciting and, and scary at the same time. You're like, you see wickedness triumphing in our world, mm -hmm. and yet... There's a, a, a bitter sweetness to the birth pangs <laughs> yeah. because you're looking forward to what God is going to do through them and to accomplish them. And we're, we're kind of living through some of those aspects of, of things we see around. And I think there's a real anticipation of what's happening in, in our world uh, even today. I don't know. Do we want to talk about that necessarily a little bit more or just? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, because, I mean, everybody's talks you know always talks about like the end of the world and, mm -hmm. you know of course you got the zombie apocalypse and then you've got mm -hmm. you know uh they come up with all sorts of stuff nowadays um and so you know everybody's i mean there's it's just kind of built into us mm -hmm. and that's it's very interesting yeah you know how god is already you know we are his creation whether you <laughs> believe it or not you are mm -hmm. he's created you but he's also built in that anticipation mechanism and so we ought to be anticipating his return. And, you know, I, I think, you know, the, the disciples, they even, you know, they asked the question, you know, what shall be the sign of thy coming hmm. and of the end of the world? You know, Jesus, I mean, already he's been talking about, you know, he's mentioned that he's going to die and he's going to raise again and he's going to return. Mm -hmm. um, but also you think about it, he mentioned, and we'll, I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're going to touch about touch on it here. You know, Daniel and his prophecies about the you know mm -hmm. the return of Christ, mm -hmm. and then you know, uh, and then you look at the, the signs that Jesus gives us, and then we we look at Revelation mm -hmm. and the things that are going to take place. Um, but I mean, it's very interesting. He, he Jesus mentions just a list of things that are going to take place, mm -hmm. and then he says, "But these are it's not the end yet." Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're going to see all these things. And then, you know, we can talk about, you know, the false prophets, you know, false prophecies mm -hmm. in our day. You know, we've we've had, you know, and that can cause disbelief even in believers because mm -hmm. you're anticipating. It's like someone saying, all right, it's going to be your, you know, just think of it this way. I could tell my four-year-old that your birthday is going to come, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. Right. But not explain to him that the day. But then I can, you know, you could be mean and you say, oh, yeah, your birthday's coming. You know, I'm going to get you a birthday gift. You know, you can just really ramp it up. Mm -hmm. And then you can spoil it by saying, oh, yeah, it's not it's not for a while. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a long ways away. Mm -hmm. you, well, you just, you know, it just gets discouraging. Mm -hmm. And so you get a lot of these, you know, a lot of these these people who say, all right, it's going to get Christ's return is going to be this day, this hour, you know, and just just really lay it in. And then you get past that day, and it's like never happened. Mm -hmm. And that can get discouraging for some Christians. But that also, you know, those un the unbelievers in the world just laugh like mm -hmm. <laughs> it's fake. Mm 
Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's it's not our job. And Jesus told us not to number the days in the sense of say that this he's coming because mm-hmm. we don't know the the day nor the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hope it's it's sooner than later, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're seeing the signs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing it at a rate that is just so rapid mm-hmm. that it, it's become scary. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's been talk of World War Three. Just because of just some things that have happened between uh, prophetically that have happened between Russia and China. And then there's some other alliances that have formed. And uh, there's been talks of things that that just line up. Mm-hmm. It's just very un. it's not just coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know, we can say, oh, that's just coincidental. No, <laughs> I mean, it just lines up just perfect. And that's why, you know, we ought to filter everything through God's word and line it up and see and study and you know if it lines up with god's word there's there's truth behind that and it's gonna you know there you know it's gonna happen and so you know jesus is you know he's talking about you know and then uh, there's gonna be false prophets you're gonna be you know don't be deceived um there's gonna be famines pestilence earthquakes um you know that's gonna begin sorrow and you know we're all sorrowful you know at the moment sad that everything's happening at a rate that you know yeah. we're not used to, yeah. especially in America, mm-hmm. and you know you see you know the the devil worshiping uh, clubs that are just popping up out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Uh, you know it's it's not hidden anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, big corporations are not afraid to show that you know mm-hmm. the devil you know mm-hmm. and just symbol you know just symbols just for their products you know try to sell their product. Yeah. You know and. A lot of people realize that and it's like, that's weird. Where did that come from? I don't like that. You know, but there's just that that build up. Like you said, that birth pain, you know, mm-hmm. it's just gonna build. And it's just gonna build. And it's not gonna stop. Mm-hmm. As much as we say, you know, we're, you know, we're gonna we're gonna stop. We're gonna put an end to this. Mm-hmm. You're you're not. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean my you know, I wanna stop some things, mm-hmm. but I know that you know that it's not gonna be by me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the return of Christ is, he said he's going to return. Mm-hmm. And are we going to be ready? Yeah. yeah. It was interesting today. I felt like, um, I felt like it just, it hit me. It kind of clicked with me, this aspect of watching for the Lord's return. Because we were cutting down. We had a huge uh, windstorm come through and a tree had fallen over. And there was this tree that kind of split in half. And so it was leaning over on a fence. And we needed to cut it out, you know, and, and so it was still attached and it was kind of all bending there. It was kind of suspended on the fence, but it was also going to, we knew it was going to fall once it was cut through. And we just had electric uh, chainsaw. And so it takes a while to cut through it. And so we're just little by little, we're working on it, working on it, working on it. And, and we're getting to the place where you can see we've cut on one side, we've cut on the top, we've cut on the bottom, we've cut on this side. We don't really know how much is left to cut. And there's an aspect we knew that it was going to cut through. It was imminent. It was going to fall, but we just didn't know when. But it took us an hour to cut through it. And after 45 minutes, we were actually getting closer and closer and closer to it falling. We weren't getting farther away from it. But it was interesting, even within the natural aspect of working around it, you became less and less careful, less and less watchful. Because... You know, it just like, well, you, it hadn't fallen and you've been, it'd been sitting there this whole time. It just felt like it was, it was going to be staying the same. And then in the moment you could hear some creaking, hear some popping and stuff like that, but then it would, it would still be there. And it, it, there was a sense we honestly looked at it and said, what is holding this thing up? 
And then in a moment, you cook. It's like, oh, wait, it's going, it's going. All of a sudden, it popped when we weren't expecting it. It popped and then it fell right off the thing. And thankfully, we were a little bit away from it. But it wasn't because we thought, oh, we're going to touch it right then and make it fall. And it was just like that. The, the, the falling of the tree was imminent. It could have happened at any time. We could see the signs of everything, how deep the chainsaw was in it. It had to be coming soon. And yet we, it was imminent from when we began because we didn't obviously knew it, it was going to take some work, but we didn't know how much it was going to take to cut and make it pop off. And it just really made sense to me and say, okay, that's what the coming of the Lord is like. And yet we see the things that need to happen. We can see the chainsaw cutting into the tree. God's setting the stage. There has to be a one world government. He's going to have his man. And yet that's what the world's clamoring for. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an aspect where he's going to control what people are able to buy and sell. And yet we see that on the big banking industry, that they're moving toward that aspect where if you don't comply with certain things, then they're going to be able to shut down your accounts. Um, you know, there's an aspect of you know, trying to link together all the nations of the world and, and commerce and um, just it's just a very uh, – controlling the narrative, wanting the censorship that we've seen in the last years. And it's just, these are the things that need to be in place on a global scale uh, for when the Antichrist is ruling the world. And there's going to be, like in the days of Noah, it's going to be in our day, where it's going to be, uh, you're going to see that in verse 37, that he says that every man's going to be doing what's right in their own eyes. It's, it's going to be, everybody's going to be mucking it up and having a good time. And yet then, boom, the coming of the Lord comes, and it's going to be a coming of judgment in that aspect. So it really is, um, I, I just feel like everything is falling into place. We don't know how much longer the Lord needs, but he doesn't need anything else to happen. Mm-hmm. But you know, there, we know that there's going to be a temple in Jerusalem because of what we talked about here, the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. That is from Daniel chapter 9, and this is where um, the picture of that was Antiochus Epiphanes came in and offered a heathen sacrifice upon the altar in Jerusalem. The Second Thessalonians tells us what it is, that the, um, the man of sin, the Antichrist, will go into the Holy of Holies in Jerusalem, and that means there has to be a temple, and there's not a temple there today. So that doesn't mean that the Lord couldn't come at this moment, mm-hmm. but because I believe part of the treaty that will be made with the Antichrist will be a treaty with the world and Israel, and he will somehow work it out. Well, the sweetheart deal for Israel will be that they will be able to build their temple, and I think that they'll be able to build that. Every, they've gotten everything ready, and, they're, and they're, there's so many things that are falling into place with that. Even their, their red heifer sacrifices, they had no red heifer until 20, uh, 2020 came. And uh, then because that during that time, they stopped, well, they, they stopped um, tagging, or it was it, yeah, they, they stopped tagging the cattle in Texas because during COVID. And because of that, the, the tagging aspect always um, created a, the, a blemish on the heifer. And because they didn't do that during that time, now they have, they found five spotless red heifers and they flew them from Texas to, um, so they could be ready whenever the sacrifice is needed. Because you have to purify the whole temple once it's built with the blood of a red heifer. Uh, it has to be specific um, qualifications. They have that in place. They have all the priest garments. They've got everything ready, the plans, the, the building, and all that they want to do. They just need the access to that temple mount. 
And so I think everything's going to be built up. So they're going to build a temple. The Antichrist is going to come to that temple, declare himself to be God. And Jesus tells them, when you see that happen, what was prophesied in Daniel, this abomination of desolation where he is making a sacrilege in the holy place by a man declaring himself to be God, he says, flee. And it's interesting that it's not talking about the church. He's, he uses the idea of them which be in Judea. So it's very specific place oriented, and he's giving this command to the to the Jews. And they even mention several things here that would be in line with that. He says, pray that your flight doesn't come on the Sabbath. Now we as believers don't observe the Sabbath in our in our age. And so this is specifically with the, the Jewish people. Why do they need to flee? Because the Antichrist is going to unleash the worst persecution on the Jews that has ever been seen. It is going to be worse than the Holocaust. Um, this is what the Bible talks about being the Jacob's trouble. And uh, and he says if if he didn't shorten the days, um, you know, it's uh, no one would be saved. And I think that's in verse 22. And so he because but for the elect's sake, for those who are the chosen ones, he does shorten the days. So that, uh, and he says, there's going to be deception because of a great panic and great trial. There's going to be an aspect of saying, oh, here's Christ, here's Christ. And, and you're going to want a savior. And he says, don't believe it. Christ is not going to come just as a little uh, a hidden manner. He's going to come like lightning that comes out of the east and shines to the west. And it's going to be something that's going to be seen for everyone. And when he comes, it's going to be a time of carnage. Because when he comes, the eagles will be gathered, the vultures will be gathered to eat the bodies of those who oppose him. And that's in Revelation chapter 19. So then he says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, the moon not give her light, the stars fall from heaven, the powers of the heavens be shaken. So huge, traumatic um, events, celestial events taking place as the, the, son, the, the son of man will appear in heaven. And then it says, all the tribes of the earth shall mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Meaning that the earth will not be happy to see him. It will be a time of great rebellion, great uh, antichrist worship. Satan, Satan will have his, you know, his kingdom of that day, uh, and, and uh, he'll never have controlled the world as, as tightly as he has it at that point. And when they see the Son of Man coming, they're going to rise up to try to fight him. And yet he's going to destroy them with the word of his mouth. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and shall gather together his elect from the four winds of the heaven, from one end of the heaven to the other. And so this is the aspect of, um, and that kind of is suspended until we get to the end of chapter 25 when we see that they're standing before him. And this is the preparation for those who enter into the kingdom. So we believe that this is not referring to the rapture of God or First Thessalonians chapter 4. That this actually takes place before even the tribulation starts. I think that's the best interpretation. Hmm. He's talking about a gathering that takes place at the end of the tribulation of all those who have endured to the end. And uh, they're alive, they haven't been slain, and yet they've stayed faithful to the Lord until that time. They've made it through that period of time of, of great persecution. So that's going to be exciting <laughs> <laughs> when he comes and brings perfect justice to this world. Yeah, that's that's where the you know we ought to have that anticipation. You know, we're not mm. we ought not to be like afraid in the sense of like 
like nerve, you know, nervous and like scared. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. we, we got to be able to have confidence and knowing in the joy that like, when yeah. Christ returns, we'll get to see his face. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, I mean, what a beauty that's going to be. I mean, mm. our, our carnal fleshly minds and, and heart and everything like that just can't fathom what we're going to see. Mm. I mean, we can imagine the mind, the very minute <laughs> possibilities, mm-hmm. But we're not going to be, we can't see the great picture. And so, you know, just that anticipation, we're reading it. We know it's coming. Mm-hmm. We ought to be having, like, when we talk about, when we see these things happening around us that line up with scripture. And when we talk about uh, the return of Christ, we ought to get like those goosebumps. I'm like, huh, can you, can't wait. Like a kid, you know, we, we ought to have that, that joy. But we ought to have like that heart of urgency too, knowing that. There's others that are not going to be saved. Hmm. They're not going to know Christ. And they're not going to experience that. Yes. That 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 you know that that beautiful time in heaven hmm. to rejoice with the Lord in that rapture. There, you know, and so we ought to have that that urgency of we've got to try to win as many souls. Hmm. And since the clock is at the very end, you know, close to the very end, mm-hmm. we don't. Have, I mean, there's not much time. And so we ought to have that urgency of saying, you know, even whenever we do witness, just have that urgency and the world ought to know, you know, the, the unbelievers ought to know this is, oh, this is serious. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just saying it. Mm-hmm. They actually believe it. They mean it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so we ought to have that anticipation, just that joy, that goosebump feeling, <laughs> mm-hmm. that anticipation of knowing that we're going to see God. We're going to see his face. We're going to be able to, mm. to worship him and not even worry about failing him. Mm. You know, we're not going to have to worry about, uh, you know, asking for his forgiveness, mm. that brokenness in my heart, knowing that I've failed him again mm. and again mm. because of my fleshy nature, my sinful nature. It'll be perfect. Mm. Yeah. And I, th- I think, you know, we ought to have that anticipation knowing just taking that breath and knowing like, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the pain that we're enduring down here is getting compared to nothing. It's It compares to nothing the joy that we get to experience in heaven. Mm-hmm. Sit at his feet, hear his words, sing his praises. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's just, that's just an excitement that is, that is, um, ought to be on our hearts. You know, we ought, we ought to have that, that anticipation and that, that, that drive and that fire for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Even so now, you know, Lord come quickly, yes. <laughs> but you know, but you know, we ought to, we ought to know that there's, again, there's, there's false mm-hmm. teachings and false preaching. And so we've got to be aware, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to be man-made. It's going to be God-made and the things that, that line up ought to be, you know, We'll, we'll know. You'll know. If you're looking, you'll know. If you're reading and you're, you're in God's word and you're in good fellowship with the Lord, you'll, you'll know. You'll see these things and you'll have that butterfly feeling in your stomach. Mm-hmm. You know, I do right now just talking about it. Just that mm-hmm. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I mean, just to anticipate heaven. It's not, it's not going to be, you know, you know, little angels sitting on clouds whistling. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be, yeah. you know, uh, what, 
what we can put in books and pictures we paint and movies we make that's just our own thinking our own creativity trying to create that trying to understand that we read the bible and there's times where it's just like i, I can't fathom what that's going to look like you know the the, the throne the prism, the colors, the angels sing, the multitude rejoicing. Like, oh, <laughs> the closest thing I could think of is, you know, a stadium at a football game. Mm. Just, just a roaring mm. and an excitement, and just, mm. I mean, that's that's, I mean, there's just, there's going to be that that. I mean, I, I want, you know, I, I do. I mean, there, there's, there's a heart. You know, my heart is just to see. If you're listening and you're, you, you know, you, you don't know Christ as your savior, you know, you, we want you to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. You know, God doesn't, he won't turn you down if you come to him and repent. Mm-hmm. He won't turn you down, no matter your past. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have the worst past ever <laughs> in your mind. Mm-hmm. He still loves you. Even now as, you know, even as an unbeliever, he still loves you. Mm-hmm. He created you. That's how much he loves you. Mm-hmm. He knew that you were, you know, you would reject him. He still loves you. Mm-hmm. He still died on the cross for you. And he still wants, whenever he returns, to take you home with him. Mm-hmm. For you to sit next to him. That's what he wants. Mm-hmm. But there's a flip side to that too. You know, if you reject him, there will be a time where it's too late. And then he has to do the the judgment. You stand before him. And he has to cast you into hell for eternity. You know, and it breaks my heart just seeing people just mock that, saying that hell is just, it's not that bad. You know, there's there's not. You know, and I still hear those, those words my grandpa said when I was a kid. And, you know, I was just, you know, I heard my dad witnessing to him and, he, you know, I knew that he'd, you know, rejected the gospel of it in that time. And I just, I remember I was just in the car, I was driving with him and, you know, I was in tears in my eyes and I told him, I was like, Grandpa, if you don't accept Christ as your Savior, you're going to burn in hell. Mm-hmm. I remember I was just, I was hurting. And I remember my grandpa telling me, he's like, stop your crying, boy. I burn, I burn. We'll just leave it at that. And I, those words echo. The Lord has not let those words leave my mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a whole lot of memories of my grandpa. I mean, I have a few. But that memory has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and now later on, you know, my dad was cleaning out after he passed away his, his desk in his office. And he found, you know, tracks and, and uh, I think he found a Bible and things like that in his desk. So, you know, again, that's. You know, we're not sure if he did accept Christ um, later on, or he just rejected it so much. He he had everything given to him to help him. But again, you know, don't reject. It's a it's a real thing. It's real. It's tangible. It's as tangible as you picking up your glass to take a drink of water. I mean, it's as real as you walking outside and breathing that air. I mean, it's as real as, I mean, you can pinch yourself. It's that real. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called faith, because we have to believe it, because 
we haven't seen it. I haven't seen Jesus. I haven't seen the, the disciples. But I believe that this is true. I believe with my whole heart that I know that Jesus Christ is real. It's genuine because I have seen him work. There's things that I can't do myself that have happened that, you know, that I can only explain by Jesus Christ doing it for me. You know, <laughs> and and it's only through that time, those times of those low moments that, you know, you can say that God did it. God answers prayer. God has once a relationship with you. He wants to love you. He wants to be there for you. And even as believers, we can push him away. We can get so caught up with liking the things of the world. We don't want to be different. You know, Jesus even said here in this passage here, he's, he's even talked about that there's going to be people, uh, verse number 10, uh, let's, verse number 9, then they uh, deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Mm. You know, I think, you know, as believers, we want to be part of the world thinking that, oh, if I'm friends with them, if I look like them, if I'm a part of them, then I can relate to them and they can relate to me. And then we can have, mm. you know, and then I can share the gospel. The problem is, is that mm. you get to that point where you're giving into the world and it'll swallow you up. Because you're going the same direction they are. There's an illustrative picture that I saw just not too long ago, and it shows uh, it's a bunch of um, silhouettes of, 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 of people. And they're all going one direction except for one person, hmm. and they're facing the other way. They're going against the flow, against the grain. Hmm. They stand out like a sore thumb in the picture. You can tell. <laughs> who's not going the same direction. The world wants, wants everybody to go the same way because then they can control the flow. Hmm. They can control who does what, when, where, how. But that's where we ought to be different. We ought to say, uh-uh, I serve Jesus. I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hmm. You know, my God is not in the grave. My God died for me. You know, there's, there's, there's gods out there. There's men who claim to be, you know, uh, you know, religious leaders who claim to, 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 to be God, to be Christ, to have that, the antidote to all eternity, the, the, the visions that they see and things like that. They're still in the grave. And they have led so many to the gates of hell. And even there's there's even some of them that have on their deathbed said the way I was teaching was not right. Hmm. It was wrong. That in itself should tell you, oh, um, <laughs> but my Jesus, he loved, he created, mm -hmm. he died for that creation that, that so hated him. And he rose again mm. with the promise that he's going to return. Mm. And he's going to come back and take his children home. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're reading here in, in, in 24, but we're also going to see that in 25 a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
Anything you want to you want to add to the as we close here? Well, that sounds pretty good. Uh, look, just anticipating. You know, I feel like we hear the the tree popping. It's going to fall soon, and yet we're going to find that we need to be watching because on the day that we think not, it's the the Lord's going to return again. So, right. so it's a great great admonition. We can uh, look forward to that, and we need to be ready. We need to be ready as if, if you're not trusting the Lord, if you do not have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, that is what the whole reason why the Bible is written, so that you might know and mm -hmm. have, have that walk with Him. And for us as believers, we need to be living in light of that coming. And we're going to talk more about that in the future here and as we go through Matthew 24 and 25. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to the Devoted Podcast. We are, again, so grateful and thankful that you uh, take the time to listen to uh, God's Word. Um, we're, again, we're just two, two men who love the Lord and just want to share the gospel uh, one listener at a time. And um, again, if, uh, as you listen, that you would just share this with friends and family, um, you know, that you would just uh, let the Lord work and speak to you throughout the day. And thank you so much for listening. Have a good rest of your day.